I'm Sports Betting Day. Well, the biggest news in sports, and maybe for the year, Tom Brady officially retires. We're going to have a retrospective, but if you look at it from an ATS perspective, the Vegas perspective, nearly 60% winners over Brady's career, and nothing really comes close. No other quarterback. You just heard with the news, Flores, it's amazing. Interesting, his ATS record actually better than Brady's just for three seasons, but 64%. Perhaps he could use it in the case. Now, Super Bowl, that's big. The line has moved upwards. There's been Rams money now up to four and a half over the Bengals. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. the Vegas Strip. Here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. here on a Brady is Retired special show. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. But on some days, we're just fans ourselves. And we're going to speak about Brady both from the Vegas perspective, yes, but from the human perspective. And as maybe you would guess, there's more than a few things that most people have been saying that I disagree with. Imagine that. Now, what's going to be fun is hearing AJ come up with a couple different things for the Vegas lead, even though he knows what the Vegas lead is, because what else could it be? He's the fan who beats the man, AJ Hoffman. Thanks, RJ. Great to be here on a day where Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, officially retires. Brian Flores files a lawsuit against the NFL and three teams, and the Rams take on some money. Now, four and a half point favorites in the Super Bowl. What is the Vegas lead, RJ? I, I think it's guess. the I think it's the tight end for the Bengals has now gone from um, uh, unlikely to play to maybe he could play. No, no, no. <laughs> let's go with the goat retiring. Well, let's go with it. Tom Brady officially announced his retirement, ending his 22-year NFL career and basically now the unquestioned greatest quarterback of all time. Okay, let's start with this. Now we're going to do this like in four or five separate topics. And we'll partition these off. I'll give you a hint is I'll probably do like, I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of eggs in between the topics. And then I'll reset. So that's a little hint for you here. But the first topic is going to maybe be the most controversial is could it be said? And I, I listen, as a Steeler fan, I resented Brady. I hoped for injuries at various times. <laughs> Not career enders, but for the game. And he just had our number. Dick LeBeau as DC couldn't handle it, and Butler couldn't. And let's give Brady all the props in the world. Um, that said, let's look at it with the you know cold cash over hot takes. Could the case be made that this society's overemphasis on Super Bowls, overemphasis on the kind of things that you can count, like count the rings, 
which are simple. And some would say simple-minded because we get this all the time. Oh, Charles Barkley, we can't hold it against him. You know, the dum-dums hold it against him. He didn't win one. But then it's like, okay, then how can Bill Russell be exalted for winning or Jordan? It can't be both ways. But many would say this is too much of a championship culture that all we care about is championships. And could the case be made if it weren't for that bias that Brady would be amongst the best? But if we only looked at the regular season, I would make the case, AJ, unequivocally, Peyton Manning was better. Thoughts? Well, you you talk about things that people can count besides rings. Those the numbers, the the passing yards, the touchdowns, and the longevity that Brady had. That he was able to continue being great into his later years. Not like he fell off the map and was just hanging on. Okay, uh, but let's look at those stats in in aggregate over a career. And would you say that Brady? Well, here's one metric that might trump all that. And Mackenzie, we did this work a while back and we resurfaced it for today, is there's a concept called All Pro. And All Pro is not a Pro Bowl. That's very different. Like I just saw Kirk Cousins was added to the Pro Bowl. If you want to talk about bad PR, that's a lot. Even though he had a good year, you don't want Kirk Cousins or Andy Dalton added to the Pro Bowl because it kind of diminishes it in a way. And maybe that's unfair to those guys. But if it's still the truth, but there's a Pro Bowl and then there's an All Pro. And Mackenzie, explain how the All Pro works. The All Pro is two positions, two players for each position voted on by the same people that vote on for the NFL MVP. So 32 teams, only two quarterbacks get the All Pro, one first team, one second team. Okay, so this is like there's great players that's that's never had a first team All Pro. Because in theory, if I don't know how many D tackles they take, but Aaron Donald's going to make that most years, and you could be the second best, and maybe you're going to be second team. But first team All Pro is the pinnacle. It's like if we had a contest against the aliens and we're playing for the future of mankind, this guy would be the quarterback, the first team All Pro. So how many has did Tom Brady have? And I think this. The year hasn't been voted on yet, if I'm not mistaken. So up until this season, how many did Brady have during that long career? He had three first-team All-Pros. Okay. How many did Peyton Manning have? Peyton Manning had seven first-team All-Pros. Okay. Let me do some math. That's more than double, AJ. (laughs) It is. So, no, we can say that these guys are dumb or whatever, and we can always complain about votes. I don't know if you know, but Russell Wilson's never gotten an MVP vote. But I think it's a pretty serious match, or it's a designation. It's a pretty serious uh, award to get. And one has seven, one has three. I would say that's fair. I, I think there's not many seasons during the regular season that Brady was better than Peyton Manning. Do you agree or disagree? I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I think Peyton Manning, if you only took regular season, Peyton Manning probably is. If they had the same length career, he'd be a better No, I'm saying forget the length career. Brady had all these other uh, – you keep wanting to fall back on that. Brady had all these additional years to win Pro Bowl and he uh, – or I'm sorry, all pro, and he had three. With all 22 years, he had three. And Peyton Manning in less than 22 years had seven. So – 
I'm not sure what the longevity has to do with this. If we're saying, how often did you reach the pinnacle? Seven, three. Right? Right. So how would you counter that if you're trying to make the case for Brady other than Super Bowl or let's even call it playoffs? I would say that oftentimes the the people who vote on these things, these media outlets, have a certain bias. And it's going to be against Tom Brady? Oh, I mean, it's for Peyton Manning, who Why? was basically the because he was a likable guy. And Brady wasn't. I, I don't think he was as likable. No, he's wow. certainly not as relatable. Wow. You think the fact that Manning was number one overall and Brady was one ninety nine overall influenced? I, I think it's that Peyton Manning was. We always expected Peyton Manning to be great. Like from from day one, everyone expected Peyton Manning to be the best ever, and Tom Brady whoa, had whoa, to stop, overcome stop, this. Stop. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Uh, you were around, old enough to remember this. There was serious conversation about Ryan Leaf going one over Peyton Manning. So no doubt Peyton Manning pedigreed, no doubt Archie Manning being his dad. Now, remember, Eli was still in high school or whatever, or in college, I guess, when he got drafted. So, yeah, later the Manning you know, family emerged and became even more of a force in football. But even just with a dad that played for the Saints in the 70s, yeah, Manning was a known commodity. But the idea that he was going to be an all-time great, especially leading the league in interceptions his first year, that wasn't always preordained. Andrew Luck was a much more uh, ballyhooed prospect than Manning. He was, and Andrew Luck never lived up to it, so it wasn't easy, as easy to see. Yeah. With Peyton Manning, it didn't take long for us to see, okay, this guy is the real deal. But when you win three championships in your first, what, four seasons that Brady did as a starter? It's like if anyone's going to have uh, in this culture of Super Bowls matter the most – and you know what? I'm kind of in that culture, meaning I like that. I think ultimately Jordan being 6-0 and means something. I do. Because I think there's a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. That, and I think when Peyton Manning won his second Super Bowl, when he played his worst season by far, I don't think that was a fluke. I think the uh, accruing of all this experience led them for him to be able to lead a team to the Super Bowl even though that Denver team, even though he wasn't playing at the top form. So I believe in this culture of counting rings. But for whoever, and I'm not saying I believe it, it's the only thing that matters, but I think it matters a lot. But boy, there's a lot of people that don't. A lot of people bellyache against that count the rings. And for those people, if they call Brady the GOAT, I don't understand it. And to me, it's interesting to say that Peyton Manning had the better career in the regular season. Brady had the better career in the postseason. And even though the regular season is 85% of the games or whatever, the postseason dominates so much that no one even debates he's the GOAT. You don't even hear that debate anymore. And boy, we got to look at it square in the eye, AJ, I think, and say this is an offshoot of our obsession with championships, good or bad. Closing thoughts on that topic. I don't disagree with that, and I see the argument for that being one of the major criteria. Because for the longest time, Dan Marino had all these numbers that Joe Montana would have never been able to touch. But there was never really like a debate of, is Dan Marino better than Joe Montana? It was just assumed that Joe Montana was good, great in the regular season. Was he Marino? No. But he had these rings that backed everything up. Okay, but do you really feel... As if Joe Montana was better than Dan Marino. 
I mean, I guess it depends on what your what your calculation of better is. Like, I mean, I would certainly rather take Joe Montana's career than Dan Marino's. Okay, but uh, that's interesting. The it's funny, Marino is such a special category. But if if I were building a quarterback in a lab, I would rather have someone built like Dan Marino than Joe Montana. Yeah, yeah, but you'd rather have someone built like you know Jay Cutler, in theory. Sure. If, if what we're talking is how tall they are, how strong their arm is. So to me, that's one of the magical elements of sports is we don't know what, how to build. I mean, there's the famous Todd Marinovich, right? The robo quarterback, the guy who from a young age as a boy was being trained to be that optimal specialized quarterback. And we saw how that turned out. He wasn't. But then you look at Tiger Woods. He was built with with Navy SEALs doing psychological help with him when he was like eight. And he became, you know, in my opinion, the second greatest golfer after the Ohio State University's Jack Nicholas. But that's my opinion. But the fact of the matter is, I don't think we know what because look at Drew Brees. One of the things we're gonna do in the next segment, and let's take our first break, is we're gonna look at the last season of the ten greatest quarterbacks of all time as McKenzie considers them, though he kept Drew Brees off the list. Or I'm sorry, he kept Favre off the list initially. I don't know if he's against Southern people. What that is, but we'll get into that too. But if you look at that list, Brady comparing his last season to everyone else's last season, it's like night and day. But one person who had a comparable last season was Drew Brees, someone who, quite frankly, there's a lot of questions about his physical skills. So how is it that Drew Brees, even with his noodle arm, could be so competitive where if you look at his last season, it was, I think, objectively the second best of the last seasons of the 10 best quarterbacks plus Brady ever. Man, maybe our whole way of thinking about quarterbacks is wrong. And maybe, A.J., your love of Herbert is wrong, but we'll get to it. This <laughs> is RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we'll continue looking at the career of Tom Brady and stacking it up against the other all-time greats. Yeah, and in a sacrilegious move, we start with the whole question of Peyton Manning versus Brady if it was just regular season. And we know it's not just regular season, but how much emphasis does this culture have on championships? I like the emphasis, but boy, we got to admit what it is. And a little bit later, AJ, this is a special treat. I'm going to be doing a read. I don't often do reads. Mackenzie, why don't you send that to my screen, make sure I have it. I need to always prep. So if at any point during this segment, if I seem distracted, distracted, AJ, it's going to be I'm getting ready for the read. But we know I'm not going to be doing that because <laughs> I'm going to be focused on the show. But at least I got to build an excuse now. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you for that. And we're going to reciprocate your support with our best effort to give you winners, insight, laughter, etc. 
You know, AJ, you sound uh, like you got a cold. I do have a cold, RJ. I like that you're. I like that you're gutting it through. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Your wife had COVID recently. She did. And you were quarantining her into the the bedroom, correct? Yeah, locked her away. Locked her away. I mean, you you put uh, I think crackers and water underneath the door, right? Or yes. To, okay. But somehow you show up with a cold. And you're like, it's not COVID. I've tested. <laughs> listen, I've done all I can do. I've tested to make sure. And I am taking special precautions. <laughs> you are in a hazmat suit. <laughs> all right. So you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Here in Vegas on the Strip, 60 degrees. And the neon is coughing. What? RJ, huh? one last thing on that, uh, the Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady regular season stuff. We, t- we talked about Big Ben never having a losing season. Neither did, neither did Tom Brady, obviously. And only had two seasons where he had under 10 wins, in fact. One year he was 9-7, and seven, and then the other year he was 1-0. and oh, And, of course, that was his season-ending injury. But every other year of his career had at least 10 wins. And you could make the case – now, remember now, the year that uh, Castle quarterbacked after he was hurt in the middle of the second game, if I recall, um, or was it the middle of the first? I can't remember. But either way, I know that Bledsoe got hurt in the second game when he came in and Brady replaced him. But they ended up winning, famously, 11 games that year. It was the year after the undefeated regular season, so they still were stacked. But Castle winning 11 games has often been you know, out of 16 has often been put up as like one of the great Belichick coaching moments or seasons. But I give Brady credit for the 11. Like when, when Big Ben gets credit, rightfully so, of 18 out of 18 winning or non-losing seasons, the year he got hurt early in the second game against Seattle, again, the second game, is I give Ben credit for that. Not fully, but hey, he was the guy that was the quarterback. He's in the quarterback room you got to say there's something to it. So now, obviously, if Brady and or the Patriots won seven games that year, we wouldn't count it, right? We'd say, you know, the year he got hurt. But you think about it, only one time in his career has the team he's he's been on. Oh, that's interesting. I don't remember. The Patriots, his rookie year, didn't really do great. So watch this. We're going to forget that. It, it, two, two, yeah, 2002, they were 9-7, and seven, didn't make the playoffs. But remember, that was, that was Brady's year. third year, and it was the year after the Super Bowl. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. So they won the Super Bowl. They went 9-7, and seven, didn't make the playoffs, and then they won the Super Bowl the next two years. So the year before would have been the year when they were under 500, if I recall, and Brady was a first year, like the fourth-string quarterback coming in the year. Yeah. So it would have been like 21 years that Brady was, let's say, actively on the field, and he only had under double-digit wins in the regular season only once, the year after winning the first Super Bowl. Now, that's amazing, no doubt. And no one's doubting that Brady was a bigger winner than Peyton. The question is... How big or how good of a quarterback was Brady next to Peyton? Now, we're going to put that one aside, but I do, again, find it interesting how dominant postseason thoughts are or postseason perspective is. And you know what? I embrace it, but let's acknowledge it. Shifting gears, let's look at Brady's – and this is going to seem kind of conspiracy theory – I don't think this makes any sense, AJ, that he retired. 
He was on record, Tom Brady, of saying, I want to play till 45. Now, he also was on record as saying that I'll stop playing when I don't think I can win a Super Bowl. Now, I don't know where you rank Brady's performance this most recent year. I think he should be MVP. But would you agree that Tom Brady was one of the five best quarterbacks in football this season? Yes. I don't even think it's a debate. No, I don't think it is either. Okay. How can it be a guy, and let's say you got to be a top 10 quarterback in order to win a Super Bowl. And I think generally that's true. There's going to be exceptions, but nine out of 10 years, I think that's true. Again, that's going to be interesting with, you know, Stafford top 10, yes. Burrow top 10, yes. And so now we just got the two, and they're both top 10. Odds are Brady would have been top 10 next year. How is it that very soon after the season, so soon that the Super Bowl hasn't even been played, so soon that it gets announced even before the conference championships, so soon that it was less than, let's think about this, they got beat in the first round, or I'm sorry, this, the, the uh, let me think, the divisional round, right? Because they beat Philadelphia. Yep. So that means within six days of losing, the, uh, the leak leads Schefter, and Darlington, to, to, to break the story, he's retiring. How is it that a guy would do this? One, he said in his statement, I wish that this didn't distract, detract from, distract from the championship games that were coming up on Sunday, on Saturday. Were people talking championship games on Sunday? You know, no. On Saturday, they were talking about Brady. He didn't want that. How could it be that he made such a quick decision when the criteria of his decision, can I win a Super Bowl and then I want to play to 45? If I would have said to you, AJ, his season during his 44th year, Tom Brady, is going to be top five in the NFL. He'll be one season away from his goal, his stated goal of 45, and he's going to retire within a week of losing in the playoffs. What odds would you have given me on that? Oh, th- that's tough for me to say, but I-, I can tell you why I think he did it. Okay. I-, I think that he realized this team was not the same team that we won the Super Bowl last year, and next year it's going to look a lot weaker than it did even this year. He's A lot of the guys, a lot of the vets for next season, not under contract for the Bucks. It looks like there, there may be some significant roster drop-off, so maybe he felt like with that, with the new roster, he may not be able to win a championship. Well, first off, wouldn't you wait until you saw how the roster fell out? Meaning, what happened after the Super Bowl is a number of people who maybe could have signed for more in other places signed a one-year deal, and then there was a franchise tag, uh, I think with Shaq Barrett, is, you know, Evans, I don't know, I think Barrett got signed and Evans got franchise tag. Go ahead. Godwin, right? Got yeah. the franchise. So, so whatever the scenario, and again, I apologize for not having that exactly straight, but the general point is they manipulated things, they kicked cans down the road, and they said, let's do it again, let's run it back. I agree with you. The ability to run it back was, was, was not as clear this upcoming season than it was after the Super Bowl, though it was a miracle they did what they did for this season. 
there's no usually guys don't retire within six days of their last game. So what do you give it a month? What do you give it through the draft to see? Because remember, Andrew Luck retired like in August and it screwed the Colts. Let's just call a spade a spade. It screwed the Colts. But the fact of the matter is, now I'm not saying he was wrong because, listen, if you physically don't think you can do it anymore, you got to retire. But boy, it was bad timing. This was bad timing because it was too early, meaning it hurt the league in a way. It, it took away from the conference championship games. So to me, yeah, maybe that would have been a big factor, what you're saying, that Tampa Bay, was it's going to be difficult to kind of recreate how good this team has been. But don't you give them a chance to do it if that's the main factor? Is it possible that Brady already knew he was going to retire and just didn't want to talk about it, didn't, didn't want the season to be like a farewell tour? But why would he want to retire if it goes against the criteria that he publicly stated? Well, because those things can change as time goes on, certainly. But he's publicly said he was talking about in the middle of this season he could play to fifty. And then late in the season he was talking about his wife and his wife wanted uh, but more isn't of that his time interesting. and his kids. Isn't that interesting though? That sounds like a big change happened behind the scenes. And I'm gonna pose the following. All right. Now, I think it has to do with Antonio Brown. Ooh. I think it's curious to an amazing degree how little Brady said about this publicly, how little he supported. And I'm going to say this, Bruce Arians, and I'm going to say this. I could have missed something. So I'm going to challenge our listeners coast to coast, 225 stations, six figures plus, pretty much every moment we're on air. I'm going to challenge you. Go find me where Brady supported Bruce Arians in the A-B situation in, a, in glowing terms, in like unequivocal, he's my coach, he's right. Hey, I like A.B., but A.B. was wrong. B.A. was right, A.B. was wrong. And send it by Twitter to at RJ in Vegas. And if someone comes up with it, I'll talk about it today, tomorrow, just send it. But A.J., you follow the news pretty closely. I don't remember that happening. I don't remember that statement being made. All right, so Brady's talking about playing until he's 50. There's an altercation, uh, some type of problem with A. How are you going to describe it with A, B, and B, A? Brady is conspicuously noncommittal in his support of his coach. And then Brady starts talking about his family, and Brady retires within six days of the season being over. Coincidence? It seems unlikely that it's a coincidence. It does, doesn't it? And isn't it interesting in his statement he he bundles all the coaches up as the coaches. Right. You, yeah, he did. He didn't say Bruce Arians, did he? He did not. Hmm. I want everyone to ponder that. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. I'm going to point out a little of the artistry of Mr. Dan Byer. So during the heavy, important stuff, with Flores, he said it slowly. He Sometimes he paused and let the statement sit. But then he knew that was causing his runtime to go a little long. So in the last bits of the other items, he goes through them quickly. 
Did you notice that, AJ? I did notice that. Dan, was that intentional or just 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 happenstance? Well, you know, yes. No, that's that is part of it. I also want to get back to you guys because I know you have a lot more to talk about. So I just try to hit. But we're some talking of the... about you. I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> I the... just I just marvel at the professionalism. Oh, I, I appreciate that. There were other big stories today, but none. Well, Dan, Dan, you don't have any two. more time, though. All right, bye, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, that was Dan Byer, everyone, Mister. <laughs> it's almost like we planned that. That was funny. That was good. <laughs> You know, I got to tell you, with this Flores stuff, AJ, oh, man, this is so, you know, it's funny. Um, Mackenzie, we, you know, keep talking about him being the first cousin with Kyle Shanahan. What probably isn't, what certainly isn't obvious and perhaps might be counterintuitive is Mackenzie's of mixed race. Is that the fair way to say it, Mackenzie? Yes, I'm a black man as well as a white man or mixed race. There we go. So I always turn to him. You know, with issues that affect that community, because I want to understand that perspective, right? I may or may not agree with it, but I'm going to want to understand it. It feels like Flores, as a, a minority candidate for jobs, is really making himself the poster child of, like, I'm going to police this Rooney rule. And I got to tell you, for anyone that watched um, Mad Men, there's a good example where uh, this wasn't about race, but where. Uh, they were the cigarette company and uh, the lucky strike pulled their business from the firm. And then Don Draper wrote a long letter in the New York Times about saying, well, tobacco's bad. And I sold my soul. And now and a lot of big companies wouldn't hire him after because he turned on his own. It doesn't matter to, to the big boys if you were right or wrong. It's like you turned on your own. And now that Flores has a lawsuit talking about things that went on when he was the head coach of the team and really being a whistler. It's one thing to say as a candidate what he saw, but once you were the head coach and now you're telling on your GM and telling on your owner, man, does he get hired again? And I guess, Mackenzie, my thought to you is, do you look at him as someone who's taking a bullet in a way or taking blows for the cause? Or do you see that as a sign of a lack of loyalty? No, 1,000%. He identified himself as a black man worried about black situations more than an NFL coach. And he might not ever be an NFL coach anymore. Me and AJ were talking about Colin Kaepernick before the show where he didn't get another job. He might have been a 32 to 35 level quarterback, and he didn't get another job because he was too much of a headache. I think the headache's worth it here. I'm really, really happy to hear the story. Okay, that's almost, honestly. That's fascinating. The question I would ask is, and we'll see, is if Flores knows this is going to hurt him and made a conscious decision for the cause, I respect the hell out of it. If he's being petty and just lashing back now out of frustration, I don't respect that at all. So it's going to be interesting to see the way it goes, because oftentimes if someone thinks they get screwed over, they're going to hit back no matter what. And if it's that, I don't respect it as much. Now, the interesting debate with Kaepernick is was this a brilliant next level play that as he knew he was hitting 32 plus <laughs> as a quarterback, meaning 32 in the in the world, right. that's not a starter. Did he figure I can make more money and be more famous for the cause? Because I would make the case he's more famous today and has more money today because of what happened once he started protesting than if he would have kept quarterbacking. Now, I don't think that's even debatable. Do you? No, I mean, the undisclosed amount has been rumored to be way more than he would get as a as a backup quarterback. for Plus sure. the Nike money. Yep. 
I mean, which came later. So I'm not saying he was that calculating, but in a way, if he was, do don't we respect that? Eh, interesting. Okay. Any any <laughs> so. quick thirty second thought on this, AJ? The white you're a white man, but go ahead. I am a white man. Uh, as a white man, I would say that if he is doing it for the cause, it, it really is a bold move. I'd also say that there's going to be some some team out there in this culture this society of like trying to to be the team that does the woke things mm. like taking taking brian flores on after everybody else turns their back on him would be a really good look for an organization not it, to mention i think he's just an incredible coach he, he exceeded all my expectations certainly well, so i, I agree I, I think it's it's certainly worth taking a shot on him all right so last thing i get, we got to run but there's what typically white men that own these teams so, yeah, maybe in certain situations they're going to let their favorite toy be part of the woke cause, but not really. And so, I, think, I think all but three of those white owners are over 60. Like, it's, it's, it's a, an old white man's group. And sh- shocker, there, there's racism amongst some old white men. Well, or maybe there is, I think for sure, but maybe I don't think that there, I think there's a chasm between racism and wanting to be woke. And, and I think being in that chasm, meaning if you're not a racist, but you also don't care about being woke, you care about what's right, I don't think that owner hires him either. Because he still, whatever the reason, the case could be made was disloyal. Now, he might have thought for a bigger reason. Let's take our last break, and we're going to get back into Brady. And we're going to give you, and, and this stat with Brady, if you look at him versus the entire universe At age of 43 and older, we're going to look at his stats versus the rest of the universe in the history of mankind. And guess what? Brady comes out on top. And a quick update on the Super Bowl odds. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Let's continue to take a look at the career of Tom Brady. Yeah, so let's look at Brady 43-plus years old in those games he had 39 starts and we can look at various other things but the amount of in those 39 starts he had 29 wins so let's say hey how many wins do these quarterbacks get after the age or or, you know 43 or older the second most common or active quarterback 43 or older was Venny Testaverde he had six starts and two wins. <laughs> Warren Moon, famous for playing well into his older age, had one start 
and zero wins. Now, for old-timers, George Blanda was always the guy who was like the old quarterback. But really, he didn't start games at that age. He was like a relief quarterback, and he was a kicker. So if you look at something like, let's say, a counting stat, right, is like number of TDs. Brady had 96 touchdowns, 43 or older. Vinny T had five, <laughs> and Warren Moon had zero. So we think we don't think there's anyone we missed. We're going to double back, but pretty much you could make the case that Brady, after the age of 40 or 43 or older, has like 10 times as many wins, yards, starts, like against the whole universe, meaning everyone that ever walked the earth since Noah, like and his wife, literally Brady Trumps at this age, and somehow. One year before his stated goal with one of his top five seasons in his career, statistically, AJ? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. But we'll continue this tomorrow. Last thought. Go ahead, AJ. I was saying in a year where he, you know, his QBR was better than Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, all the great young bucks. Tom Brady was better than them this year. Better than Herbert? Better than Herbert, even. All right. Well, listen, we got to do our Super Bowl update. So do your – be the – well, here's the thing. I get to call A.J. the company man, but I get to cash the check. So it's perfect. It's a great setup, A.J. It's a this great a, deal for you. Isn't oh, it? I love it. Okay, there's been Rams money. Super Bowl line was four over the Bengals. Now it's four and a half. That's significant. Four is a half a key – quasi-key number, partial key number – that's significant money. Total stays at 48 and a half. Now, there's been some news, and it seems to be net-net pro Bengals, right? Higby, tight end for the Rams, seems unlikely to play. And Ozama, is that right, AJ? That is right. He is now the tight end for the Bengals, seems more likely than expected to play. So the money, the opinion must have been serious because on one hand, you got the line moving in favor of the Rams. On the other hand, the injury news favors the Bengals. Any closing thoughts, AJ, and take hey, us well, out? I was, was going to ask, at what point during this two-week span of time off is the line usually settle? It doesn't. I mean, it's in between here, it's going to be less movement, but man, oh, man, it can move at any time. All right, if you missed any of today's show, including RJ's ode to the great Tom Brady, well-deserved, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're going to be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 